Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Here we are, the second show for August in the year of our Lord, 2018. Oh, Lord. And uh, this is our second show without Keith, Kyle, Steve, Paul, Ron. And um, Who? What? I'm okay with it. Okay. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm fine with it. It's fine. But as replacements, we're going to be uh, alternating, if you haven't heard the other show. I'm a replacement. You're a replacement. I'm a replacement. Hey, we're the um, replacements. I hate the replacements. <laughs> we're going to have uh, Brian Shaw, Esquire, and Hello. Miss Nicole Ernie. Uh, not Esquire, I guess. Do you read Esquire magazine? Uh, if, and that's the same thing. M-C-N-E over here. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, we're going to have our friend uh, Matt Sager in every once in a while, but he was too good to show up tonight, so... I'm still Brian. <laughs> and, and still Brian. Always Brian. And Always Brian's and here. still I, Brian. And Hello? Brian. What are we doing? Brian's oh, still here. This show, <laughs> this show today is brought to you by Hi, Five Brian. Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com to learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment. That is possibly the most important thing to do um, is make sure you have clean and sanitary carboys and all sorts of fun stuff like that work chillers if you use one of those plate chillers man if you're not cleaning and sanitizing that thing you just throw it away and jump off a cliff clean your sink with it i mean if you have to clean yeah. some brewing equipment just fill up a sink with pbw and man, like, I, I use this, pbw to clean my sink clean all the stuff time. and then yeah I run it down your PBW. disposal so good it's great yeah. I, do, I do my silverware like once a year you know? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Stainless, uh, stainless steel. But. Time to clean the silver. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, all right, Brian, what are we doing today, man? What beers do we have? Well, we have a Hoppy Calcommon, and we have an Old Ale that I actually had some involvement with that okay. um, Kyle from the last show left for us. I like it. I and like it's, it. It's interesting because it's a it's a barrel project beer, and I've never tasted the non barrel version of it. So this is his beer that he put into the barrel mm-hmm. with sixty gallons, you know, of, you know, all together in a port barrel. So and you, everyone brewed a little bit, and yeah. then this is his contribution to the blend. Yeah, and he right? saved some okay. bottles. I'm like, oh man, I should have done that. That would have been a fun idea. <laughs> that would have been good times. No, I put it all in. All right. Okay. Well, um, why don't we go ahead since we have no real guest. Let's start drinking There's a beer. No which one? Uh, Let's drink a beer. Which one are we going to drink right now? I think we should start with the Cal Common. Would you mind uh, pouring me some? Whoever has any? Yes. Thank you, Brian. Brian has a whole growler full of it. Uh, okay, Esquire. who wants to start off with the Cal Common while Brian pours me some? While Esquire pours me a beer. Esquire is not judging his own beer, so is this um, your beer, Brian? This is my beer oh, that I brewed. Well, we'll shit. talk about the details later. Okay, sounds good. Um, I passed that to you right over the board. Is that okay? It's, it ended up being just fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead here. All right, go ahead, that's Brian. okay with you, JP. Oh, I don't care. Um, I, I worked here for a long time. I feel like I've earned the right. <laughs> yeah. Just, right, just finally uh, once go first here. Yeah, finally. Um, aroma-wise, it's got a low kind of base malt and a very faint uh, caramel quality to it. Some slight toastiness. 
Um, I'm getting uh, something kind of sharp in here. It's like, it's like, is that a minty hop? I thought it was kind of a minty hop, a little high for the style. Uh, and Brian already told us before we judged it that it, that it was a hoppy Calcommon. So I'm looking for that hop to stand out. But honestly, it wasn't like, oh, it's a hop bomb. It's just, you know, covered with hops. It's not insanely out of balance in the hop side of things. But something's poking out of there. I, I actually get a low, uh, uh, well, medium low kind of acid aldehyde in there. And uh, kind of, it's 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 like Nicole said <laughs> that kind of how your breath smells when you are you know uh, recovering from having drank too much and uh, your body's processing all that shit. Not the Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, not a Taco Bell. Who's part? Taco Bell is good. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's just kind of sharp overall. I didn't get any diacetyl or DMS in it, but um, that that alcohol aldehyde is kind of poking out there. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's a light orangey, pale amber color. Almost no head at all upon pouring. Just a low ring of some large white bubbles that faded almost immediately. I gave it a one for appearance out of three points. uh, Just because head fell and it's hazy. Color's right. I gave it a five out of three because it's hazy. (laughs) Hazy. All right, come on. Uh, So, in the flavor, I get a... A toasty malt, uh, but it's it's kind of coming across a bit oxidized and stale tasting. I don't know if, if Brian abused it in the growler on the way here, but I think he, ah! I think I, he was. I think he verbally abused it on the way here. He was berating his beer. <laughs> we'll, uh, you stupid! Gr- uh, we'll discuss uh, my uh, transport in a moment. Uh, the bitterness is medium low, kind of out of the way, and there's that again, kind of that sharp minty quality. Is it the hops or I don't know? Yeah, but. Uh, very low fruitiness. It's kind of lager-like in its impression, the fermentation character. Seems like it was pretty cleanly fermented, but might be kind of young. Um, the balance is slightly to the malt. Um, not. It's not not overly hoppy. I don't know what he was talking about. A um, little mintiness in the aftertaste. Finish is fairly dry. It just it just tastes kind of green. And again, from that kind of acid aldehyde thing going on there. Um, Green and a little stale at the same time, which is odd. <laughs> but uh, I'm, a, I'm an overachiever, Brian. If I can have multiple things happening yes. at the same time, let's I've just staled my green stale. beer, yeah. and it's a new thing. It's, yeah. I get that a lot from beers that have been in a growler too yeah. long, or if they gotten warm in a growler. Yeah, yeah it's fresh Those beer, but it's happen. Well, we'll talk about it later. Right? I think they may have happened. <laughs> so yeah, uh, mouthfeel wise, medium light body. I'm not getting any warmth here. Not very creamy. No real astringency. Carbonation is very very low, so you have to knock it down. Like, couple points for that it's just um it's not expressing itself properly here um he berated it too much and it lost all its self-esteem <laughs> um overall impression yeah bubbly just, self just completely diminished <laughs> don't it's it tastes a bit too green too young don't service this stuff brian uh, esquire um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it needs to condition more. That's right. Bring it to bring it to NCHF, and we'll taste it there once you got it all carved up, ready to go, there you and go. it's been conditioned properly. But in this state, it's a twenty-eight to me. So, but thank you for sharing. Okay, that's so that's good. In California, it's a twenty-eight. Good. <laughs> all right, Nicole, go for it. So, huh? uh, also, uh, something that the audience should know about me. Yes, is that I, I am especially sensitive to acetaldehyde. Yes. Fun story. Uh, when way back in the day, when I was doing the uh, homebrew class with with Brian, because uh, I studied with Mad Z's, uh, uh, when I was preparing for the first time, I took the BJCP exam. 
We did an off-flavor kit. and Placebo I Placebo class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could not taste acetaldehyde. I was like, this smells doesn't taste exactly like mm. the control. Mm. And it's something that I've trained on and that over time, not only did I learn to detect it, I've become hypersensitive to it now. So oh. I can taste uh, acetaldehyde at below average threshold levels. So I pick it up cool. in a lot of things. So you're a mutant. Wow. <laughs> It's You've frustrating mutated. because it ruins a lot of otherwise Dude, good beer doesn't for me. It? Yes, that's what I hate about learn. The more I learn about beer, the less I like it. But then honest. when you find the <laughs> beer that's just like extraordinarily high quality, like you can enjoy it more than other people. That's true. But you can't share it with anyone. It's it's a lonely place. <laughs> I know. It's you know like, how hard that brewer works. It's like you hate every beer. Well, you, most beers, yeah, yeah. I do because they're kind of not very yes. good. I'm really glad Nate and I have the same the same hobby because right. we, we can share these things. <laughs> Power beer couple. You're not alienating one another. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so the, the strong aldehyde in this beer is really overpowering to me. And, like, some of the ways that it expresses itself to me in this beer is, like, raw pumpkin. Mm. Uh, and, uh, like... Uh, As we all proceed to smell this beer and taste <laughs> the raw pumpkin. It does smell like, yeah. like, like fresh it cut does. pumpkin oh, God, when you're scooping that you pumpkin. say it, I can't get away from it. Yeah, raw, raw pumpkin. That's one of the ways that I learned acetaldehyde. Because everyone was like, green apple, green apple, green apple. Right. I'm like, this doesn't taste like green apple. And then I finally got it as raw raw pumpkin one day. And, and a lot of people get it that way. Yeah, and I would have I would have maybe thought like green cantaloupe also mm. had I originally yeah. smelled it. But but the pumpkin really well, puts a, the pumpkin skin a spice kind of, on yeah. it. So pretty pumpkin much spice. any, it puts the pumpkin spice on it, yeah. Thank you. It's almost here, JP. It's a piece. <laughs> so you can almost taste it. JP is such a white girl. I think they, I think, I think Trader Joe's might, might have some pumpkin spice in the store already. Uh, look, man, JP. I like, I like pumpkin flavored food i like it i just i don't do the pumpkin spice latte because i don't have like that much milk in my coffee but uh, i'll tell you what i like pumpkin, pumpkin foods spice. i don't give a <laughs> shit pumpkin pumpkin flavored cheerios hell yeah let's You're go so basic mm. so anyway uh the pumpkin flavor or it's pretty you said rock cantaloupe like yeah cantaloupe or even like cucumber any, any underripe fruit is gonna have acetaldehyde okay uh I was made very upset. Avocado is one of my favorite foods. And someone pointed out to me that underripe avocados have a lot of acetaldehyde. And now I can't eat underripe avocados anymore. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Now that I think about that, I that never, raw pumpkin and that kind of really hard avocado, they're really yeah. kind of I had similar. never made the association, so I was kind of just immune from it in that context. Knowledge and is now power, Nicole. Yeah, or, yeah. or like, I'm the pickiest person about avocados you've ever met. Nicole but, is blowing my mind right now and laying down some knowledge. This is, uh, this is pretty crazy. 20 minutes in the store to pick one avocado. <laughs> and oh, and sometimes I still fail. That's my uh, wife, dude, for sure. I must slice it immediately. <laughs> so some um, so underripe fruits in general. And so when, when they say green apple when they're talking about acetaldehyde, they're not talking about a Pippin or a Granny Smith that's in its ripe stage. They're talking about an underripe apple. Like a, like, so I compare it to crab apple uh, or like uh, even the cider apple, you know, like something. Right. Uh, even something that's like. Not like the green Jolly Rancher so, flavor. But more the just right. green as in unripe. Yeah. Exactly. So this beer for me, that aroma is so intense that it kind of masks other flavors for me. And it's hard hard to pick out other things. But um, it's not, um, you know, it's not gag level acetaldehyde for me, which is pretty low still. Ooh, <laughs> so, not gag level. Yeah. 
actually still taste some other things in the beer. Um, the malt flavors, uh, there was this kind of like rustic bread, this kind of multi-grain bread kind of flavor, which for me, like, I think of Cal Common as being this rustic style. I'm like, it's the Wild West, you know, it's this... Like right. not not a rounded, mellowed beer. It kind of has right. a little rough edges, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. this is, that is like the oldest traditional American beer style, pretty much. You know, yeah. you can fight me on that. There's not a lot of documentation on things. It may be cream ale, but like um, Cal Common is so uniquely American, uh, and uh, there I I like an unctuous kind of rustic quality. I don't want it to be too pretty or too clean. Uh, so. I like that, uh, like that rustic bready character, like Rye Vita crackers. Um, the hop aroma is like that earthy and minty. It kind of goes to like a pennyroyal if you've ever smelled that kind of mint. It has that kind of like mm. dusty hay and mint kind of combined. Um, I did get a slight vegetal character. It might have been from the intensity of the, of the hops. Um, and then, Probably all that pumpkin. Yeah. Well, separately. <laughs> I fermented into a pumpkin. That's yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I did also give it a two out of three, uh, an appearance because of the haze, mm-hmm. even though, you know. Oh, I gave it a one on appearance. Yeah. Okay. Even, despite my five out of three joke for the, for the <laughs> yeah, haze. For, I, for all the haze bros out there, for God the bros, bless you. Yeah. Haze bros. Hazy <laughs> um, means it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see. I think I talked about the flavor already. Although once I sipped the beer, this other kind of character came out. I was getting kind of like a. Do you know what slippery elm tastes like? You know, I don't even know what slippery elm it's is. Like a common like uh, cough drop. Thing. You could be that, making stuff up at this I'm, point. I'm, I'm I'm like, I have no idea. Penny royal <laughs> and slippery elm. I feel like she's casting spells. These are herbs. Very wicked of you. Yeah. I, the solstice is coming, fuckers. Get ready. I rarely go out and lick a tree in the woods, but when I do, it's a slippery elm. Slippery elm is actually a really interesting flavor that you will taste again in beer. So if you don't know what it tastes like, go out, buy yourself some Fisherman's Friends lozenges, and that is predominantly mm. slippery elm. Really? Um, yeah, it's kind of this like weird, like marshmallowy and woodsy, uh, hard to describe. But I got that in this beer, and I like, liked that about it. Um, it kind of like played into those other flavors. Uh, medium light body, very, very low carbonation. That really brought this beer down a lot was the lack of carbonation. Yeah. Yeah. It even brought the tone in my voice down. <laughs> Just to emphasize. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So I think that, that kind of sums up my thoughts on the beer. Uh, interesting. Definitely needed a little bit more TLC in the, in the wrap-up of fermentation. Um, but, you know. Not a tall train wreck. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, what, you, what did you score? It? I scored it twenty six. That's still it's good. <laughs> it's still in the good range. <laughs> score. See, there you go. It's yeah. Um, all right, Brian. What, well, let's uh, talk about this recipe for a little bit. Yeah, let's definitely talk about this. So my my club, the Words of Wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, wordsofwisdom.org, Silicon Valley's homebrew club. <laughs> uh, we do uh, so visit our website and uh, if, if you're local and you know, come to a meeting. Uh, we do a competi- club comp every year called Broken Hydrometer, okay. and we do different kind of fun things. And this year, we had two big wooden dice, and we had to roll the dice, and that was the percentage of 
Admiral Malting's Kilned Caramel 35 you had to use in your recipe. Huh. That's so kind I, of fun. It's, it's super fun. Yeah. So I had to... I, ended I wouldn't up go with super the, fun. It's kind of fun. It's, it's yeah. funny. Fun-ish. Yeah, fun it's adjacent. Fun. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I made... I decided I had a 16% uh, uh, Admiral Malting's uh, caramel. Okay. Uh, so I thought, well, why not do a, a Calcommon? So... Uh, what I my recipe is uh, sixteen pounds pale malt, three pounds uh, uh, kilned caramel, thirty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a California common, primarily northern brewer hops, two ounces at sixty minutes, three ounces at fifteen, three ounces at flame out. I also used two ounces of peco. What Which I is never, Peco? Peco is some stuff I found from the Yakima Hops webpage. I wanted to do something different, okay. and I had never used it before. And I thought, well, I'll do it's a hop. It's a, it's a hop. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty cool hop. Okay. And I, I like. I feel like you're just, not like Nicole now. You're just making sorry. a bunch of weird stuff up. You're like making up herbs and weird shit up now. I used Peco and Blueface <laughs> yes. and Fire Fire Flower and you know, wow. all kinds of. Crazy, man. It's was it the slippery Peco or the non-slippery? <laughs> it, was, it was the slippery Peco, and I used the whole... No, these were all pellet hops. P-E-K-K-O. 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 You used the whole Peko. tube of it? Because okay. the description was similar to Northern Brewer, and I thought, well, it'll be fun to try. So I used two ounces of Peco at, at 10 minutes for, for flavor. My yeast was uh, White Labs 810, the Calcommon. I was lazy, as we discussed in the previous episode, yeah. and rather than making a starter, which I typically do, I just put in two uh, pure pitch uh, into each. I, I made 10 gallons. I had two five-gallon fermenters. I just put two, two uh, pure pitch into each fermenter, uh, which may have been part of my, my fermentation uh, difficulty. Because I, I, like, I think even if you're putting a lot of yeast in, there's a lot of value to just starting them up before mm. you put them in your your wort. I've always believed, and even just waking them up for a few hours in a Erlenmeyer, that there's some value to that. I let it ferment for about three weeks, uh, temperature controlled. Uh, fermented it, at, I think around 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropped it uh, down to about 40 before kegging. Kegged on Monday, so today is Wednesday. Uh, so two days before this, I keg. <laughs> well, I didn't rock the baby. I just I connected to about 25 psi in the fridge, and that's why it's undercarbonated. Okay. I brought it over here. I took Bart over, which is like a, an hour and a half uh, thing, and I drove to Bart to get to Bart. Like a big dummy, I filled this this growler. It was a growler fill to get it here. I left about a three-inch headspace in here rather than – because I I had some – I was 4 o'clock. I was rushing to get out the door and get some stuff together and get here. Rather than letting the head dissipate and, like, filling it up more and Mm -hmm. minimizing headspace, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I got three inches. You'll be fine. It'll be great. I've done the same thing. I I thought you just drank some on the way over. (laughs) I should have, but (laughs) – No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drink out of the bottle. I'm gonna pour to you. I'm not. I'm not a barbarian. Come on, I'm, I'm you're a human being. You're a barbarian. <laughs> barbarian. Uh, uh, so I'm walking this thing to Bart, and of course, that's my cooler shaking, and I'm walking it all the way from Bart to Hop Grenade. So of course, I got good and shook up. Right. And this is the first beer Ooh, I pulled uh, out of the keg. So it's hazy because this is where the yeast settled. So yeah. you're getting the first yeasty uh, uh, bite out of this, but. My suspicion is the acetaldehyde, and that Nicole, that raw pumpkin is extremely helpful. So I've occasionally had that in, in my beer, and that's really, man, I've never heard the raw pumpkin, but I, once you say that, I can't get it out of my head. 
Yeah, well, it's and, and totally there. Reading it's that homebrew taste. <laughs> yeah, it is homebrew flavor. That's exactly right. Totally reading that, that description of the Peco, where it says it can be likened to mint, juniper, or sage. Sage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wonder if the sage is kind of throwing. It. I mean, it says uh, backing up to tropical fruits, mm. but they're subdued in comparison to the herbal notes. And I wonder if. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what I'm wondering. I know. I had three well, ounces stage, of Northern Brewer. That's because it goes to that Penny Royal kind of thing. That kind mm. of similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, mean, I had three ounces of Northern Brewer right up five minutes beforehand. And I, there's so much Northern Brewer in here. i got to believe that. I mean, it's possible. I've yeah. not used Peco before. I've got to believe that this is more of a fermentation issue from not having a starter. Oh, yeah. Than from mm-hmm. having some weird sage aspect of Peco. I wonder how it, it's going to be with the carbonation. I mean, because we know that adds a, a lot to the beer, but I wonder if it would drive off some of that the pumpkin acetal- thing. The, the acetaldehyde is coming from the the cell count not being high enough going mm-hmm. into the beer, and you can uh, sadly you can also get it from over over pitching, but yeah. uh, more than likely, like usually in homebrew, it's from. Inadequate cell count going into the beer, yeah. and the yeast just don't do the job all the way. Acetaldehyde is a precursor to ethanol. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's the last stop before ethanol, and uh, yeast don't necessarily get that much out of converting it. So if it doesn't have to, it's not going to. Uh, one of the main reasons that, that yeast convert acetaldehyde to ethanol is that acetaldehyde is more toxic to the yeast cell than it is than ethanol is interesting um but it's they also get a a small amount of energy from from metabolizing it but you know not as much as they do from converting um starting off uh, converting sugars right Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of like you know it's a motivational thing like you know like "Eh, this is fine like Hmm. this environment isn't that toxic i'm not gonna do anything about Hmm. it it's getting cold i'm just gonna go to sleep now you know i mean like yeast is a living thing that's more similar to us than it's dissimilar so sometimes personifying it can kind of help you understand how to motivate it (laughs) that's very true so that the funny thing is i i've currently am at a 10 gallon batch size until i get my pico z later on uh, this summer there you go so i had when i was kegging i had two five gallon fermenters i had them each in a five gallon keg and i had a an older keg with a rubber ring was kind of loose so I'm lifting it up straight up. I'm looking down on lifting it up. The rubber ring, I didn't realize, was structural. It came loose. I punched myself in the face. <laughs> I, have, I actually have kind of a cut and a kind of a bruise here yeah. in my eyebrow. Kick your own uh, ass I ale, Brian. My, I kicked my own ass. He kicked his own ass. Just like Brian's beer. Um, and next, before I was thinking, well, A, who punched me in the face? Like, oh, crap, it was me. I'm looking on the ground in my shed, and there's this, this keg is like pouring beer out of it. So I dumped like three gallons of this beer onto my shed floor. And then I had to like reach in. I dumped the rest in my yard. I don't feel so bad about having done that, having tasted this. I was like, oh, darn, I, I wasted the shitty beer. Yeah, I was thinking kind of like, oh, my God, I, I wasted five gallons of awesome beer and now having drank this i'm more like um yeah it's probably good that i punched myself in the face and <laughs> like you beat your own ass about it no uh, it's it's not horrid it's 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 it's, pal- it's palatable it's good yeah good. <laughs> it's fine I, you know carbonated it's probably going to be tolerable yes if you were super proud of this beer and were so excited to give me a pint i would drink the whole thing in front of you 
because you're, you're a good friend, Nicole. Uh, this I is, appreciate this that. Is what I, if I had a pint of this, wow. I would, it, like the way it is now, and you were excited, I would take three sips. I'm like, you know, I gotta, I'll, I'll go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And then I would come back with an empty glass and go, man, that was really good. Thanks. I'm going to move on to the Pilsner. So. I, I appreciate you would like throw it in my face. and you know, No, no, out. I wouldn't do that, mainly because I, I can see the damage that your fists do, and I don't want to cut up my eye. Yeah. Imagine how much I could kick your ass when you kick my ass <laughs> yeah, like this. Right. And you didn't even expect it. <laughs> luckily, exactly. luckily, Brian's more about the process and can handle a little feedback. And For sure. that not every beer he mixes. Well, he's a grand dragon not, of the, of the BJCP. Let's not go there. <laughs> no dragons involved. Um, yeah. All right, Brian. Well, hey, thanks for bringing your, uh, your Esquire beer in. I appreciate that very much. Uh, we're done with feedback. We're good with feedback on Brian's beer. And we're good? Yeah. Breaking it down. We okay. got enough verbal abuse on the way here. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, before we take a break, do I have to do my thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Homebrew Label Awards are uh, on and now. Go to homebrewlabelawards.com and enter your homebrew Label. I know you guys are making labels out there. There's a lot of cool prizes. Blickman, of course, is in there. White Labs. I think Five Stars giving us some stuff away. There's some jockey boxes to win. So upload your label to HumberLabelAwards.com and tell all your friends to vote. And you can vote once a day for every label. There's a bunch of labels on there now. So get your stuff in early. Tell everybody to vote for your label and win big prizes. All right. Hang on. We'll be right back. This is, of course, Dr. Homebrew. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star treatment today. 
Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Before we get into the second beer, of course, you got to know about the city of Concord, and it's the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. That is what they want to let you know. You can call Brian Nunnally at 925-671-3018. He's ready to help you open up your beer business in Concord. It's centrally located in the Bay Area, has a strong craft beer demographic, the historic downtown is experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and a new apartment development in the pipeline. Located off major freeways, perfect for large-scale brewery operations or, you know what, beer bars, dude. Who cares? Let's go. Or idiots doing podcasts in the back room of a bar. Well, that is definitely um, what bars need less of because it's, you know. Stinky, sweaty rooms with one fan that's spinning at top speed but somehow there's no wind in here well because i feel like they just need to re like reverse the the fan oh, like is it there a switch yeah. for doing that there is i think there is yeah um look at brian look at esquire over here Great fucking combo. master electrician isn't there a switch i know about electricity because electrons move in a wire and stuff and you can <laughs> flip switches, and you know things happen. I'm, I'm a knowledgeable electric guy. That's he's not lie. only is he Perry oh, Mason, I'm... he's also a MacGyver. Uh, what beer are we pouring <laughs> right now? It's uh, it's actually an old ale that I wrote the recipe for uh, ah. for our club. We did. Oh, a, that's right. Uh, that's right. Okay. This is, yeah, jogging your memory is uh, a little pub. bit. So we got so we inherited totally to blind to this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll let these guys judge it. It's hard for me to judge. It's I got a four. So I gave great. myself a forty-nine. <laughs> I like making old ales, but uh, yeah, it's interesting to taste this one because I've only tasted the port barrel, barrel aged version of it, so, and this one is which is I noticed quite, you didn't bring quite different. Oh, yeah. I, I should have. Yeah. yeah what, what's up with that, Brian? I'm sorry. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was a fun okay. project. We made 60 barrels, put it in a uh, port barrel uh, from Ramon Rios Winery and Tracy, and, and uh, some of our guys know him, and he's come to our club meetings, and cool guy, and just donated the barrels for us, let us you know, um, age it there at his winery. Oh, wow. And then we came back That's cool. you know, a year later and, and uh, kegged it off of there, so... Yeah. Oh, so you, you could have brought some. I could have. Oh, it's okay. In my he just fridge doesn't like us. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted it, that to be very clear yeah. that he could have brought the but thing. he chose not to. The better version of this, but <laughs> yeah. We're not good enough. Sorry. We're not good enough. <laughs> Knowing Brian, he probably doesn't have any more. No, I still have it. I you motherfucker. I was just, giving you an out. <laughs> I was giving you an out. I just didn't feel like bringing it. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, who wants to start this one? I'm not used to having three people to choose from, so I'm just letting you barrel oh, all out. Just from those two. I didn't do it. Uh, I was my judge. My beer okay. was judged last time. Esquire, go I'll ahead. Just stop dude. I volunteer. Go for it. 
So uh, I enjoyed this beer quite a bit. Uh, the aroma, I thought, had a lot of caramel uh, and malt, uh, definitely fruity esters. It got you know plum, peach, grape. Uh, no apparent hop aroma, which is okay for style. Old Ale is more about the malt and the, the fruitiness and the sherry here. Didn't get the classic sherry. Having said that, it is largely, uh, to my mind, kind of a classic Old Ale aroma with fruit and malt. Beer is very clear. Medium to light brown. Uh, there's a thick head, tan color, uh, medium-sized bubbles, and settled quickly. I gave it a three out of three. The, uh, bubble consistency, I thought, was pretty pretty high. We're kind of large bubbles on this one. Um, large bubbles, boys. Let's go. Only large bubbles. <laughs> Only large bubbles. Uh, flavor, uh, there's a lot of malt sweetness, uh, but it was still well attenuated. You know, it's, this is a very dry beer, and the sweetness comes just from the residual uh, flavors of the malt and things that are that are happening in that beer. Uh, low hop bitterness, uh, really no hop flavor, uh, almost a candy-like uh, sweetness, um, and uh, definitely sweet ethanol is in here, too. Uh, it's smooth and not harsh. Uh, balances toward malt. Uh, Well-attenuated finish is uh, malty. Although uh, the bitterness, I think, to my mind, it's a really long finish, and the bitterness comes up to balance at the very end. Uh, this is definitely a long finish. There is some cardboard oxidation in this. You know, I didn't didn't get that up front, and I came back and kind of revisited that here a few moments ago with a warmer sample, and it's definitely more cardboard. Uh, Mouthfeel, give it a 12 for flavor. Mouthfeel, uh, definite alcohol warming. Uh, high carbonation. Uh, but I think it was more perky than creamy. Uh, not astringent. Uh, carbonation, I think, really too high for this style, and maybe it's reflected in those those big bubbles. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So it's it's a flavorful and tasty beer. I mean, to me, one of the primary problems with this is the carbonic bite from the carbonation. Mm. It's probably about 50% more carbonated than it should be. This is a style that's supposed to be a low to moderate carbonation. Mm-hmm. It's one of the... Uh, the classic British. Let's sit by the fire. Let's sit by the fire and have some Stilton and uh, enjoy a, <laughs> enjoy a heavy beer. Uh, and it's supposed to be all about the flavor and the the carbonic. You, know, it, you need to have some carbonation to lift it off your tongue and let you taste it. But this is so highly carbonated. Yeah, it's it's bitter and kind of acrid yeah. and yeah. That's to me the, the biggest yeah. problem problem with that Belgian level of carbonation. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, for I sure. Three point five volumes. Probably. Yeah, I, I agree. And while there may be some other uh, minor issues to me, that's the biggest problem. I gave it a, a 36, thought it was uh, was very good. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure what you can do with it other than if, if you've kegged it, you know, vented a few times and let some of the carbonation out, or if you've bottled it, I guess you could go to the trouble of uncapping it, risking oxidation, letting <laughs> it sit for a little while, and recapping, but that's fraught with peril. Mm. Uh, but still, I mean, this is, this is a very, I think, a very good beer with yeah. some carbonation issues. Okay. What did you give it? Uh, 36. 36. Yeah. All right. I should mention, too, that this is Kyle's beer from the from the uh, last show. Yes. He, and he was smart enough. He, he needed five gallons to donate to the club to, to get his keg back out of it. Yeah. But he brewed a 7.5-gallon batch so that he could taste the original versus the barrel-aged version Very later. Very smart. smart. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nicole, go ahead, please, yeah. ma'am. Which we can't do because I don't have the barrel-aged. <laughs> Here. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Come yeah. to my garage okay. later, though. Oh, yeah. that sounds great. I'll never come back. 
Yeah. I'll end up in your sour beer project. <laughs> no, meat, meat and I'm beer never, never work out. Meat, meat's a bad choice. So, uh, segueing from that. <laughs> uh, Good luck. The, the aroma of this beer was so intensely black cherry-like from the combination of esters that are present and the malts that are present that I had to ask us, like, Wait, is is there fruit in this beer? Like, if it's the aroma, especially when you smell it from far away, is so overtly black cherry, uh, which I really love in an old ale. Like, that's one of my favorite aspects of the style is when you get that intense cherry-like aroma, and then also when you get that like aspirin-like bitterness. And like, that's you know, that's like the best version of this style for me. Um, there's a uh, like pleasant esters combining with uh, malt flavors that are like toasty, treacle, and a little bit nutty, uh, and then a little bit of a woodsy character, maybe from some hops or just maybe from the combination of things going on. Um, I did get a little bit of faint um, solventy character, uh, like a little bit of most not really like ethyl acetate, more like fusel alcohols, mm-hmm. um, and a very faint uh, sulfur character, but nothing that was too distracting. Uh, the beer appearance is hazy. <laughs> it's a hazy light brown. That was a little bit of a turnoff. It's it's not pretty looking. I mean, Old Ales usually aren't like you know the most uh, is this gorgeous brown? color. I would call it more of an like it's a light dark, brown. dark amber, light copper. Maybe it's like, it's like Advil brown. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, dark dark amber, light brown. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's a, Six and one, half a dozen together, right? Um, but uh, the cloudiness is is high, uh, and you know I don't really associate that with the style. I kind of would like to see a little bit more clarity. Maybe not brilliant, but um, the intense cherry flavor continues in the uh, into the flavor as well, not just the aroma. Although, especially once you get the beer in your mouth, you realize that like a lot of the interesting. What might have been the more interesting malt aromas are kind of all trending towards like honey cake, um, fruit hmm. cake, uh, the things that I like to refer to as brown goo, which a lot of like <laughs> high alcohol, um, rich beers, like, um, you know, various ones, barley wines, old ales. Even some Belgian dark strong ales, like yeah, when they reach a certain level of age, they all just are on this like trajectory, and the end of that trajectory is brown goo, like mm. just like just a, muddle, a muddy cake. thing of flavors that yeah. are all kind of you can't really it distinguish taste, one from the other. Exactly, okay. like, it doesn't taste bad, but there's also nothing distinguishably special about it. Like right. it's like. Honey dates. Is that just happen over cake. the lifetime of the beer, or is that a recipe issue that you it's, can sort of plan for? No, or I mean, just it's the kind way these is. malts oxidize. You okay. know, that's so. That's just where that's where these beers end up. That's mm-hmm. why when people are like, "Ooh, I have this like ten year old barley wine," I'm like, "That's cool." I kind of already know what that tastes like. Yes. Right. Yeah, man. I did. A, I did a flight of like Bigfoot, and I just happened there. to have. That's right. And it was like, oh. The best Bigfoot was 
three years old, two two years old, yeah. 2015. It was like anything earlier than that's kind of all just all tasting. No, thank God. Yeah. I, I had to leave before you got too deep into that, so I don't feel so bad. Yeah, it wasn't it every wasn't once in a while something will surprise you, so it's always worth saving that bottle and seeing what it tastes like. Sure, because yeah. every once in a while, purely academic reasons, like okay, like one bottle, but don't you don't need to sit on a, a, a fucking pack yeah, or whatever. But like, like 99 times out of 100. Brown goo. Yeah. Brown yeah, goo. I got you. I, I got uh, you. That's a trademark, by the way. Brown goo. <laughs> Brown goo. TM. Like Nicole Ernie Masters is right. <laughs> TM right now. Call, call me later for the R in the circle. That's right. That's right. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, I'll anyway. charge you the friend rate. <laughs> so, um... Uh, one of my favorite things about these kind of beer styles are like the mix of esters that you get that kind of combine into something else. You know, like there is really no ester that tastes like black cherry, but when you get the combination of esters along with the malt uh, aromas that you get from uh, English ale styles, you get that that cherryish thing. It's really high in this beer. I do love that. There are some indicators of oxidation though, like. Um, the aroma is a little better than the flavor because once you get the beer in your mouth, you're like, oh, things get a little disjointed. Like uh, the aromas that were more cohesive, uh, once you get the uh, beer in your mouth, like they're kind of um, spread out and you get like a little, the fusel alcohols are kind of hanging out on one side and then you have the cherry aroma and you have some of the like yummy malt flavors, but they're, 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 in my mind, the way I see it when these kind of beers get a little over the hill, it's like the flavors spread out from each other in space. Okay. And uh, instead of like being unified in this tight, cohesive bundle of flavor, they're just kind of like, bleh, like splat on the wall. And they're not they're not as enjoyable as they might have been. So it, even though it's ironically is an old ale, but it is a little over the hill. Okay. Uh, from my from my perspective, I like flabby ale. I call it muddled. Yeah, sometimes instead of like brown muddled. goo. Yeah. yeah. And JP's like, well, define muddled. You know, yeah. from a judge's perspective, what does muddled mean to I you? I want to know. It just means muddled. Yeah. Okay. Just say brown goo from now on. Yeah. Brown goo brown is the goo. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Muddled means you muddled means brown goo, and yeah. brown goo means muddled. Brown heard it here first. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the uh, one thing I really did like about the beer is that it's a uh, like medium light bodied uh, for this style. It's pretty well attenuated, even though it still has like uh, the nice, uh, you know, like caramely, treacly malt flavors. It's not overly sweet. Um, the high carbonation exacerbates how dry it seems. Uh, mm-hmm. Cutting the yeah. beer a little bit too much. Totally um, agree. But yeah, I think I think I've kind of covered everything. Okay. Uh, What'd you give it? I gave it a score of thirty-three. All right. But I did enjoy the beer. Good job, Brian. Do you want to comment on uh, anything? I, I agree with a lot of what was said there, and yeah, it's just like the the aroma is nice. Once you get it in, in that the cherry like in the in there a little apricot like, it's nice in the aroma and in the flavor. I think part of the problem is, too, that that high carbonation just starts pushing things out sideways, and it's like just driving it really hard. It, just, it kind of prickles at first in your mouth. And yeah. Just, and, um, yeah, I mean, that it should be a nice, you know, if it was a little less carbonated, that, that toffee-like would be maybe a little more enjoyable. 
How is um, the flavors uh, that you're tasting in here translate to the finished beer? I know it was a blend and in a port barrel, but yeah, uh, the port barrel is, is, has yeah, gone help a, us imagine. a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Use your no. words to describe what, what we could be easily like, tasting. Brian? Yeah, it has gone. It has gone kind of bretty, and uh, it's really quite. It's quite pleasant in the barrel. Oh, good. Like that it. sounds great for you. It's um, the whole audience is like, "Welcome to our life." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. still listening. The audience is, is unable to drink it as we are. Basically, yeah, yeah. It's kind of bretty and leathery and fun. And uh, port, you know, the port Sounds barrel. I, I just like when I was thinking about it, I was like that the port like quality of the old ale is something that's kind of fun. To, and I thought, well, let's just do a port barrel aged old ale. And it was a pretty nice port too. We had some of the port when we were brewing it. It's like, oh, cool, you know. And um, yeah, it has. You know, what I miss in this beer is that it, it does need more of that sherry like character and the aged character. And that barrel just does it. Like I think old ale kind of needs some needs some wood. Yeah. And this doesn't have doesn't have that. Well, what doesn't okay. need some wood? Metal. No comment. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, well, then we have our $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag to give away. Um, who, and uh, by the way, in case you didn't know, Grog Tag is your one-stop homebrew customization shop. They have it all from reusable beer and wine labels to durable metal signs to high-quality coasters, and everything is customizable. So get creative over on grogtag.com with one of their hundreds of templates, and they will print it on high-quality materials and ship it out to you. That's how you get it. They print it, and then they ship it to you. Go to grogtag.com today and use code BNARMY to save 10% on your next order. Who gets the uh, $40, at least your beer will look good, gift certificate, Brian? Sorry, uh, Kyle, but the the grog tag this week goes to our legal eagle resident <laughs> beer expert, oh, Mr. Shar. Brian, Brian, I appreciate that. But having, having said that, I'm sort of a pseudo employee. Brian is an employee, and uh, so I really feel like I'm ineligible. This is the to only payment that. you're going to get. Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I'll then, leave that up to Jason. Well, if Brian wants to uh, donate his uh, forty dollars gift certificate to Kyle, I will. Happily I am, I am happy. I, I feel like it will be unethical for me to receive that boon, and I will be happy happy to donate that to Kyle. <laughs> okay, uh, perfect. You're a good man. What you Brian don't want to be to look good? I'm a good man. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, okay, I think that's it for us, right? I think we're out of here, Brian. Yeah. Brian squared. Never Let's to go end. home. Let's get out of here. It is late. Let's do things. We stuff. have all dinner to eat. Apparently, JP has more work to do. I got more work to do. I got to sit here and edit all this nonsense that we did. Uh, thank you very much to uh, everybody for being a part of the show. Thank you very much to the AHA who reminds you uh, to join the American Homebrewers Association and save money at nearly two thousand destinations around the country through their member <laughs> deals. Program. You can save money on Start beer drinking now. and brewing supplies. They uh, provide resources and hosting one-of-a-kind events, all that kind of stuff. AHA, homebrewassociation.org. Join them or suffer the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Cheers. Goodbye.